Weed, Seeds and Dirty Deeds would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of Australia, in particular the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging within the community. Additionally, we acknowledge Indigenous custodianship and cultivation of Australia's diverse ecosystems through sustainable management over thousands of generations prior to European invasion. Our community acknowledges the past and ongoing impacts of colonisation on First Australians and their ability to care for country. We believe that it is the duty of non-Indigenous Australians to seek reconciliation and actively participate in uniting all of Australia's peoples and to restore Australia's ecosystems. Weird Seeds and Dirty Deeds recognises that sovereignty was never ceded and that no treaty has been signed. And welcome back to Weed Seeds and Dirty Deeds. I'm sitting here today with Jarrah. G'day, Zach. How are you going? Yes, yeah, pretty good. Um, still having fun with too much power with the controls. And <laughs> um, do you want to introduce yourself to like yeah. the one or two people probably <laughs> probably listening to, to this? us? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, so my name's Jarrah, um, and I work here at uh, Seeds Bushland Restoration. Um, I've been doing bushland restoration now for. Oh, gonna have to have a think here. Uh, I, I think about four or five years. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, and um, decided to put your hand up to become a host on this amazing, terrific, um, one of the greatest podcasts anyone will ever listen to. All very true. Yes, <laughs> yes, I've put my hand up. Um, so hopefully, I've got some interesting things to say. But we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, you've been around, and kind of in the time that we've known each other, you've done quite a bit and kind of um, the things that you do show that you have a lot of knowledge um, in various aspects of kind of ecosystem management. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So how, for you, how did it all get started? Because Tim and I have both had our whole spiel about how we got into it and tried to make a bit of a sob story to get people on our side, but (laughs) what about yourself? What what got you into the whole conservation game, I suppose? Um, Yeah, well... I guess I guess I can remember the first day that I really thought, oh yeah, I'd love to work outside. That'd be pretty cool. Um, it was actually when I was in year nine. You're right. Um, oh wow, it does go back. It, it does go back. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We were doing this activity called vocational preparation. You're right. You just you basically go research a career that you can see yourself doing. Yeah. Um, interview yeah. someone in that career and. Yeah, report okay. back some interesting information. So you were starting podcasts way before they were seeing. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, th- yeah. Well, it was over the phone, so I guess technically it was recorded. But yeah. Only by the government. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and at the time my dad was a park ranger and I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I have no clue what that means, but I'm pretty yeah, sure right. he's outside. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Is that who you spoke to? No, no. funnily <laughs> enough. No, I was like, oh, boring. Talk to someone cool. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, so I ended up doing a bit of research into that. And, um, yeah, uh, I interviewed a park ranger and, and got the story. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to do that. And, yeah, and okay. had my heart set on that. Yeah. Um, Did that kind of set you up for what you'd be studying through kind of high school? Kind yeah. of leading into whatever you followed on beyond that? Yeah, definitely. So through VCE, I ended up studying environmental science as one of my subjects. Yeah, um, yeah. It turned out to be one of my better subjects thankfully yeah okay. um and and then from that I, I decided to go into environmental science at, at uni as well yeah yeah um so that definitely yeah I, I, I think at that point i i wasn't super sure that i wanted to become a park ranger per se yeah um, okay but, but just yeah. that some, something in the fields 
Definitely, yeah, yeah. Like I said, something outdoors. Um, yeah, and I guess especially through studying um, environmental science, I decided that, oh, yeah, the world's kind of stuffed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe I can help fix it a little bit. Um, yeah, so the more I learned, the more I, I started realising that conservation is definitely the path for man, something that I'm passionate about and, yeah, eventually landed myself here. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. So what was kind of... Um Moving into uni um, and doing environmental science, what kind of were the, I guess, the, the major units that you found, well, sorry, that, that you enjoyed studying, but also um, now that you've been working in the industry for a little while, possibly things that you found uh, the most useful in what they taught? Yeah, good question. Um, personally, the things that I found most interesting were always to do with bushfire ecology and yeah. birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an avid bird watcher and, yeah, I just really like birds. So, so that was, yeah, that was the stuff that I found really, really interesting. Um, but I think the, the skills that I found most useful from uni Mm. is, is actually not the, the educational material that they give you as such, but it's more to do with personal skills. Yeah. So, you know, writing resumes and how to contact businesses in a professional manner and conduct yourself professionally, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely gotten me very far and it's something that I take with me every day and yeah it's definitely hard to remember everything that you learn in uni but those skills are really transferable and definitely something that I hold very highly in my life now yeah because it um definitely being in this industry for just a little bit even um can see that networking is a massive part of it um it is a very very small world um I'm imagining (laughs) kind of as an industry in whole but even where we're kind of we're based in Melbourne like everyone knows everyone and if they don't, they've at least worked with someone that has. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that ability to express yourself and kind of communicate in, in a good way um, is a really useful one. And another one kind of maybe a little bit different to, to what the main line of thought might be is um, generally out in the bush, um, sometimes we get like curious people trying to figure out what um, what we're doing and they want to know more information about, you know, uh, can they, something they can do in their backyard Um Funnily enough, sometimes working with um, councils and in other really public places, you also get people that want to come up and don't necessarily agree with what you're doing or how you're going about things. So oh, that, really? that ability, <laughs> um, so that ability to to communicate effectively is yeah, a massive help. Um, and yeah, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. definitely a skill that you work on intentionally or unintentionally um, in this in this field. Surprisingly, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I did um, a, a couple of units that were specifically aimed at that sort of thing as well um and You're right how to actually communicate effectively yeah um with members of the public because that's the whole thing you know to us it makes sense because we're we know what we've studied we know what we're talking about yeah we've got all that background knowledge of exactly what we're doing that yeah might not necessarily be immediately known to what we're actually performing exactly right and 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 that's the thing if you just sort of go on this whole spiel about everything that you know, people just look at you like, all right, <laughs> why do I care? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole thing. You, you have to make it interesting to the general public and, and show them why they should care. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, I think it is super important and I'm really happy that it's a skill that I've picked up through uni. Yeah. But I, I spent $30,000 to <laughs> <laughs> learn how to speak to people. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's very important, I think. <laughs> Worth every uh, cent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so that was one of the, yeah, one of the very transferable skills you found is kind of very beneficial to have. Um, what are some of the stuff um, that you found 
since working and moving on from a university background, um, a little different from myself, which came from the diploma, yep. um, kind of at a university level um, where they're kind of pushing, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, a bit more of like a management style and a bit more of an, uh, a holistic or overview of, of um, land and ecosystem management. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you found you obtained qualification-wise or certificates, et cetera, outside of that, that uni course that have really helped in the workplace and in the field so far? Oh, yeah, that, that's a big one. Um, yeah, I, I guess like you say, the like something like the Conservation and Land Management um, TAFE certificate, mm. um, that's, that's really setting you up to just go straight into the field, bang, you've got all your qualifications. Um, yeah. Yeah, but whereas in uni you miss out on, on getting things like your chemical users certificate, yeah, yeah. Um, what else, chainsaw operating license yeah. and, and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just more the manual hands-on things that, that are really important to get outside of uni because, yeah, uni yeah. gives you this very broad general knowledge and, and teaches you how to learn for yourself so you can go yeah. on to do further study. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it's somewhat limited in the field experience that you get. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say volunteering has been a massive thing to actually get field experience and yeah, okay. learn hands-on. Yeah. And um, where some places, um, possibly even in your own experience that you would go for volunteering, let's say, um, you could chat to yourself now, as soon as you, um, <laughs> kind of going into the uni system, um, and knowing what you know now, what would some of the most important things, um, that you would tell yourself from day one to be looking at doing, like, what would you be like, go out and get this qualification or, Keep working part time so you can save up and afford it. Um, and what should be you know doing your weekends, doing your volunteering whereabouts, so that kind of information. What would you be telling yourself? Yeah, the the first thing I'd tell myself would be go volunteer with a friends group. Um, a, yeah. a, a friends of a local reserve mm-hmm. is the way to go um, because yeah, immediately you start getting that base knowledge of what it's like to work outside and and what it's like to work in conservation. Um, and, and second to that, you're making connections. Like we said, networking is so, so important in this industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's sometimes more about the people that, you know, so that would be my biggest thing is go talk to people, go meet people. Um, and, and yeah, a friends group is a great place to start for that. Um, yeah. Second to that, I I guess if you're not looking to go into TAFE immediately. Yeah, those, those big qualifications, chemical users is a big one, especially if you're looking to get into bushland restoration or mm-hmm. anything similar to that. Um, but, but yeah, that, I guess that's kind of a difficult question um, in terms of it depends where you want to get out to. So if you are wanting to look at, at more wildlife-focused stuff, yeah, um, yeah. for example, I, I went to Deakin University and I was offered the opportunity to go help with some animal trapping. I got to tra- trap powerful owls, which was really yeah, cool. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that that sort of experience is much more important if you're looking to move into wildlife than it would be to get your chemical users yeah. certificate. Yeah. It's not going to help you catch an <laughs> owl, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think that would be the biggest thing that I'd tell myself, just make sure you're volunteering, make sure you're meeting people. Yeah, um, and you recommend that the, the easiest and probably most effective place to volunteer is with friends groups? Definitely. I think it's it's the best first point um, yeah. to go volunteer. Um, and that's literally just have a look online in your local area. I know they've got like friends groups at creek lines, yep. friend groups of reserves. Just have a Google, where are you? Stick friends group in that search term as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, and just shoot them an email. Is that stuff that you've done before or yep. did you kind of know a few people through uni or? 
Um, exactly that. Um, literally, yeah, just, just getting your name out and talking to people. Like, yeah, as soon as you start networking, you'll meet people and they'll go, oh, you know, we don't have a spot here, but there's this thing, you should go check that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, also I've been fortunate enough. Like I said, my dad was already in the industry. So, you know, he had some recommendations. Oh, you should check these people out, whatever it happened to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, networking helps so much. But, yeah, um, it's just getting your face out there. And definitely, definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah, ask the questions, don't be afraid. Um, and, and put in the effort is the other thing. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent after work or in my spare time, which is kind of a bit sad and a bit nerdy, um, <laughs> just looking at plants and, and flicking through field guides and yeah, okay. yeah, meeting other interested people and seeing what they've done to get where they are. Yeah, and what are some of the, the places that you peruse? Obviously, there's heaps of different groups on social media and stuff like that. Mm. Um, there's also uh, iNaturalist. Definitely. I'm a yep. big advocate for iNaturalist, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram were actually my first points of call. Um, yeah. Yeah, I headed straight to Instagram and I started taking photos of any living organism that I could find. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and researching what it was and, and posting photos. And yeah, you, you quickly find this community of other people yeah. who love wildlife photography and are yeah, very right. knowledgeable. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, I suppose there's communities of people everywhere on social media. You just kind of find your niche and, and, and the people that are interested in the things that you are. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I suppose and that's a form of, of networking, just throwing yourself yeah. out there, making sure that people recognise your face, um, albeit, you know, in your local community, friends groups, um, uni, TAFE courses, whatever, just getting out there, getting kind of the, your knowledge out there because there's a million among people online. Um, often a lot of people have opinions. Um, they do, yes. But there are a number of experts that I know dedicate a lot of their time to making sure that the information that people put out there is correct, especially on, on applications such as iNaturalist. Yep. Um, they're uh, absolute masters. I don't know, I'm trying to find a word. Just <laughs> amazing people that yeah. um, know so, so much more than I'd try and hope to learn in a lifetime. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And they just go through and will throw recommendations about what you've actually seen or um, tell you exactly what you've seen. Um, and the really good ways of learning, um, again, you can narrow those down into groups about local areas and kind of even a specific, specific species that you're interested in. Um, really awesome places to learn more information. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I'm a massive advocate for iNaturalist. And yeah, it's exactly that. You don't have to have a clue what you're looking at. You put it up and someone can identify it for you. Or you can take the time, look through a field guide and try to figure it out yourself. But either way, if you're on there, you're learning 100%. Yeah, that's, that's awesome stuff. And um, funnily enough, another awesome place you can learn all amazing information about conservation and the rest of it is podcasts like this great one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. As long as the right people are on. <laughs> I don't know if it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you, but I don't know about Tim either. <laughs> but <Perhaps> yes. Not. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully we're going to come to you guys with heaps more interesting content um, as well as chat to some amazing people that know a whole bunch of stuff um, in their particular fields and just kind of throw out more information um, about the Australian conservation industry and um, how to get involved and how to get into it. So cheers for chatting today, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good